Sometimes a question is more powerful than a statement. For example, think about what happens when a young man finds a young woman that he wants to marry. The young man could make his intentions known by simply making a statement. He could say to his, uh, the woman that he loves, hey, let's get hitched or something like that. He could do that. But in making a statement like that, the young man really has no idea at that moment what's going on in the young woman's heart. The man knows what he wants, and he states what he wants, but she has not had the chance yet to state what she wants. So most men will not make a statement when they want to marry. They will ask a question instead. And the question is, of course, will you marry me? By asking the question, the woman is given the opportunity to speak to the issue of what is going on in her heart. She's able to say, yes, I love you. Yes, I want to be in a lifelong committed relationship with you. Yes, I trust you. Of course, she is also able to say no to the question. But that's the risk that you take when you ask questions. As we begin this new year, I want you to realize that God is a question-asking God. God asks questions in order to find out what's going on in our hearts and to find out what we truly believe. Think about what happened after Adam ate the fruit from the tree that God told him not to eat from in Genesis chapter 3. Afterwards, Adam went and he tried to hide from God, which never really works, but he tried it. God, of course, found him. And at that moment, God could have said a statement to Adam. He could have simply said to him, Adam, you sinned. But God didn't do that. Instead, God asked Adam a question. Do you remember what he asked? Adam, where are you? By asking the question, God was looking into Adam's heart. God was asking, why are you hiding from me? What have you done? Don't you trust me? In the same way, Jesus in the Gospels is always asking questions to those who are following him. And we're going to be looking at some of the questions of Jesus from now until Easter. The first question of Jesus that we will be examining today is found here in John chapter 1. In verse 38, Jesus asked those who were following him, What are you seeking? In other words, what do you want? By asking this question, Jesus is saying to these potential followers of his, that you should seek Jesus. He should be what you want in your heart most of all. So let's look at some of the reasons today why should we, we should be seeking after Jesus. First of all, you should seek Jesus because you want to follow him. In John chapter 1, we see John the Baptist handing off his ministry to Jesus. The last of the old covenant prophets stood face to face with the one who would be the fulfillment of all the prophecies, Jesus himself. John was with two of his own disciples, his followers, in verse 35. And so John sees Jesus walking by him, and he says in verse 36, in the hearing of his disciples, Behold, the Lamb of God. 
We find out in verse 29 what John meant by this statement that Jesus is the Lamb of God. There we read that the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Just like the Passover Lamb in the days of Moses took away the people's sins when the lambs were sacrificed, so Jesus would take away our sin as he was sacrificed on the cross for our sins. Jesus would solve our greatest problem, our sin problem with a holy God by dying for our sins. He would be our Savior from sin and the penalty of sin, death. Now, obviously, John thought that Jesus was really great. And so what would these two disciples of John do when they heard their, their teacher talk about the greatness of Jesus? Verse 37 says, The two disciples heard John say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus was walking through town, and the two disciples of John the Baptist suddenly attached themselves to Jesus, and they began to follow Jesus. They wanted to go wherever the great Jesus was going. That's what it means to be a Christian. Being a Christian means following Jesus wherever Jesus leads. Well, Jesus, of course, notices that he's being followed by these two guys. And in verse 38, he says to the two disciples of John the Baptist, What are you seeking? At one level, Jesus is simply asking the two men, What do you want? I mean, if you were being followed by someone, you would probably stop at some point and say, What is it that you want? What are you looking for from me? And so Jesus says that. But at another level, Jesus is asking a question of two people who are in the beginning stages of discipleship. They're beginning to follow Jesus, and Jesus asks them a question, a very profound question that I think Jesus is asking all of us this morning as well. What are you seeking? In other words, he is asking, what do you really want in life? What are you seeking by coming to me? Let's imagine for a moment that Jesus is asking you the same question. Honestly, how would you answer Jesus? Well, after a year like 2020, some of you might say to Jesus, I just want to escape from the hardships of life. Life is so hard. <coughs> Travis, I'm sorry, would you mind uh, just grabbing me a water? Thank you, sorry about that. Jesus is asking us, what are you seeking? After a year like 2020, you might be saying to Jesus, I just want an easier life. Others of you say, might say to Jesus, I want to be more successful. I'd like to be rich. I'd like to be healthy, too. Many people who call themselves Christians honestly would say that to Jesus. They're looking for success. They're looking for wealth. They're looking for good health, too. Others of you might say, well, Jesus, I really want a happy family. I don't want to be alone in life. I want to be surrounded by a family that loves me. <clears throat> so as you look at yourself, what would you say you want from Jesus? What are you seeking 
from Jesus. Why have you come to worship him today? Do you simply want the blessings and the benefits that Jesus has to offer you? Or do you want to follow him wherever he leads? Thank you. We begin to follow Jesus when we confess our sins, when we confess that he is the Lamb of God who has come for us to die on the cross for our sins. That's when we begin to follow. But once we have started to follow Jesus, he leads us into places that sometimes we don't want to go. Sometimes it feels like Jesus is not giving us what we want in life. He is not giving us what we seek. But if we persevere, if we keep following Jesus, we discover that he is actually giving us something far greater than all that we could ask for or imagine. He gives us not only the forgiveness of our sins, but Jesus also gives to us peace, comfort, joy, hope, purity, love. All of these blessings come to us as we follow Jesus. It turns out then that Jesus is the greatest blessing. Every other blessing comes to us by following Jesus. Earlier I spoke about a man asking a woman to marry him. I knew that I wanted to marry Wendy, three weeks after meeting her. Of course, Wendy did not know the same thing about me. It took her quite a while to realize, hey, this would be a pretty good idea. But I saw in Wendy a woman who was so full of love and so full of life and so full of a a toughness that would not quit in life that I knew I wanted to ask her the question quickly. I did not know where marriage would lead us. All I knew was that wherever Wendy was going... I wanted to be with her. Having said that, our marriage has not exactly been a movie that you would put on the Hallmark Channel. It has not been the perfect romance. If we were doing a movie of our romance, I would have skipped that whole first ten months of our marriage when we were both unemployed. I would have skipped that part. I also would have skipped the sick babies part of our marriage. I remember a whole lot of vomit in that stage. I remember being very, very tired. I also, in the past three years, definitely would have skipped the whole cancer and chemotherapy thing. That was not a a fun part of our marriage. But when you get married, you have no idea where your marriage will lead you. You just follow along the path marked out for you by Jesus. And if you follow Jesus in your marriage, blessings will follow They aren't necessarily the blessings that you wanted or expected at the beginning of your marriage. They are better. What is true of marriage is true of following Jesus. Jesus may not give you what you expect. He may not give you what you want at first. But if you follow him, he will give you something better. You should seek Jesus because you want to follow him. You should also seek after Jesus because you want to be taught by him. When Jesus asked the profound question to John's two disciples, what are you seeking? 
Notice how the two disciples of John the Baptist answer. They said to him in verse 38, Rabbi, which means teacher. The word rabbi literally means my great one. John the Baptist's disciples knew that John thought that Jesus was great. And so they also thought that Jesus was great. Part of the greatness of the rabbi was that he would teach his followers about God and about what God said about how they should live. And so rabbis were teachers who would teach their disciples who followed behind them all that they knew about God and all that they knew about what God said about life. And so when Jesus asked the disciples of John, what are you seeking? Part of their answer was this. Jesus, we are seeking you to teach us about God. We are seeking you to teach us about what God says about how we should live. Of course, those two disciples actually had the opportunity to literally follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We don't have that opportunity today. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, so we can't literally follow in Jesus' footsteps. So what do we do today? If we are seeking to find Jesus teaching about how to live, where do we turn? We turn to his word. We turn to the Bible. Here we will find what Jesus says about how we should live. The benefit of reading the Bible is spoken about by Jesus in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Let's read that verse together out loud. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus then teaches you truth, and that truth gives you a freedom in your life. You are free as you read the word from ignorance, free from error, free from the lies of Satan, and free from the power of sin. All of this freedom is given to all those who are taught by Jesus from the Bible. So, how much? Are you reading the Bible? Are you seeking to be taught by Jesus? It's interesting that some people who are Christians call their time of Bible reading and prayer their daily devotions. This word devotion means love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person. And when we read the Bible, we are expressing our love our enthusiasm, our loyalty to Jesus whom we love. So what are you seeking when you read the Bible? What you're seeking is Jesus. That's the reason why you read the Bible. You want to see Him. You want to know Him better. You want to be taught by Him. And so we read that one of the characteristics of the early church in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 was that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching from the Bible. They loved the Bible. Do you? Do you have that same kind of heart for the Scripture? A modern-day rabbi was teaching his own disciples one day when he said that experiences of God cannot be planned or achieved. 
They are spontaneous moments of grace, he said, almost accidental. And so one student asked his rabbi, if God-realization is just an accident, then why do we work so hard doing all of these spiritual exercises like reading the Scripture? You want to be as accident-prone as possible, the rabbi said. Church, what are you seeking? What is it that you want? If you are seeking Jesus in order to be taught by him, then you need to read the Bible. It is as you read the Bible that Jesus teaches you about himself. And as you read the Bible, you experience Jesus' great love for you. You experience his power that he has for you. And you experience his presence in your daily life. Some of you might say, well, I don't really understand the Bible. And it's hard at first. But I would say that anything that is hard is something that is actually worth doing. If you want to do something great in life, it's going to be hard work. And if you want to know God, it's going to be hard work. You have to put the effort into it. You have to read the Scripture. And so let me encourage you then to persevere in your reading of the Bible. Start with an easier book, a book like John, where you can know Jesus better. But keep on reading the Bible. Don't give up. Persevere in your pursuit of it. The more you read, the more you will understand. I would also urge you to study the Bible together with other Christians. Join one of our small groups that study the Bible together. In those small groups, you will be taught by Jesus, and you will experience Jesus and his love for you as you read it. You should also seek Jesus according to John chapter 1 because you want to live with Jesus. In verse 38, we read that the two disciples of John are now seeking Jesus to be their rabbi. They want to be taught by him. And then in the next part of verse 38, the two disciples of Jesus ask him, or the two disciples of John rather, ask Jesus something else. They ask him for something they are seeking from him. Jesus had asked them, what are you seeking? And the disciples give to Jesus an interesting answer. They say to him in verse 38, Rabbi, where are you staying? In this question, the disciples are saying to Jesus that they have so much that they want to learn from Jesus that it's going to take them a, a long time to have all of their questions answered. In fact, it is going to take them so long, Jesus we might as well just move in with you. Is that okay with you? That's what they were asking. Jesus then responds to their question about where he is staying with the wonderful invitation in verse 38. Come, and you will see. These disciples were seeking Jesus. And Jesus said, if you want a relationship with me, you can have one. You can get as close to me as you want. You can stay with me for as long as you want. And so the word that is translated staying in verse 38 is translated with the word abide in John chapter 15 and verse 4. Let's read that verse together. Abide in me, and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus is looking for people who want to live with him. That's what he wants. That's what Jesus is seeking. He wants people who want to stay with him. He wants people who are seeking to be as connected to him as we see in this picture that I brought with me today. Jesus is looking for people who want to be as connected to him as a vine is to a branch. Is that what you are seeking? Is that what you want? That kind of connection to Jesus? If so, that the way that you stay connected to Jesus is through prayer. It's good that our church is making this emphasis on prayer this year. And so I pray that all of you will participate in our 40 hours of prayer that are coming up. I pray that you will gather together with us to pray because God speaks to us through the Bible. And then how do we respond? We respond by praying. That's how we keep the connection going. We hear God's word in the Bible and then we respond to God by our prayers. Well, you might say to me, Pastor, this sounds really basic this morning. The Bible and prayer keep you connected to Jesus. I already know that. Well, that's good. I'm just reminding you today that there are no shortcuts in developing your relationship with Jesus. If you want a connection with Jesus, there's no other way to go about it but through prayer and reading the Bible. That's the life of a Christian who is connected to Jesus. Now, if you are wondering today if living in the presence of Jesus on a daily basis is worth it, let me encourage you to look at the two disciples of John the Baptist here in John chapter 1. One of those disciples was Andrew, we see in verse 40. And the other of the two disciples was likely John, the one who wrote this particular gospel. Now notice the detail that John gives in verse 39, a very interesting detail. It says there, So they came and they saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him for that day, for it was about the tenth hour. The tenth hour is about four o'clock in the afternoon. John is saying to his readers here, It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when I met Jesus. And my whole life has been different ever since that moment. John remembered the detail, the exact time when he met Jesus. It was at that moment that his life changed. The same thing was true for Andrew, and ultimately for Andrew's brother, Peter. You should seek Jesus then, because he can make you a new person. Notice what happens to Andrew after he spends one night with Jesus. We read in verses 41 and 42, Andrew first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. So Andrew took his brother Peter and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus was the promised king of Israel that John the Baptist and others had prophesied about. 
Jesus was the anointed one, the one who was set apart by God to save both Israel and the world. How excited Andrew was to finally meet his Messiah, the one that he had been waiting for all his life. He was so excited that he introduced his brother Peter to Jesus also. Notice what Jesus said to Peter in verse 42. You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So what is Jesus doing with Peter in this very first meeting with Peter? He is telling Peter how he is going to change Peter's life. Jesus sees how his salvation is going to completely transform Peter and make him into a new person. Peter is going to be a new person because of his connection to Jesus. Jesus then, in this first meeting with Peter, actually changes his name. He names him Peter, the Rock, signifying Peter's strong faith, which he would express in calling Jesus Messiah later on. When you read the Gospels, you see that Peter is often a very fearful man. You see his fears in the winds and the waves. You see his fears as he talks to the servant girl about his connection to Jesus. Peter appears to be afraid much of the time. But Jesus sees through all that. Jesus sees what Peter will become. He sees that he will be a strong rock of faith, will love Jesus all of his days. Peter would become a rock of faith, and Jesus knew that. The sculptor and the artist Michelangelo was once chipping away at a huge piece of rock. Someone asked him what he was doing, and Michelangelo replied, I am releasing the angel that is imprisoned in this marble. Jesus does the same thing for us. He looks at us, encased in sinful choices and in sinful character. And he sees what he is going to make of us as new persons. He sees how he is going to release us from sin and to restore within us the image of God. At the very beginning of our relationship with Jesus, Jesus promises to give us a new life. So let me ask you this morning, are you tired of being the same old you? Do you want to be a brand new you in 2021? If so, the way to being a new person is a connection with Jesus. Church, what are you seeking? What do you want? What do you want out of life? I pray that you want Jesus. I pray that you don't just want some of the blessings of Jesus but I pray that you are seeking Jesus because Jesus can give to you more than all that you are seeking today. Jesus can give you more than all that you ask or imagine. If you have never turned away from your sin and asked Jesus to be your King and your Savior, you can do so today. 
If you want Jesus to be your Savior and King, listen again to the words of John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God. He's the one who saves you by dying for your sin on the cross. Tell him that you want him to be your Savior and King. And if Jesus is already living in you today, tell him that you are seeking more of his transforming power to make you more like Christ in 2021. Ask for his power to help you to be more disciplined in being taught from the Bible and in praying to God every day. What are you seeking? What do you want? That's what Jesus is asking you this morning. I truly hope that your answer is, I am seeking Jesus with all of my heart. There is nothing and no one greater. If you are seeking Jesus, you will find all of God's good gifts for you. Let's pray together. Jesus, what a wonderful Savior you are. What a great rabbi you are to teach us. And so I ask that you would change our hearts in 2021. Change our affections. May our heart be stuck on you. May we want to be connected to you because you are the one who has all that we need and all that we want. Change us into your likeness. Make us more like you in the year to come. In your great name we pray. Amen.